0: we back, Maureen. We're back. It, it's time for another exciting episode of Droughtlander, uh, where we look can at... Can I just say, one person, one actual real
1: person, wrote on our SoundCloud and asked us to upload another one soon.
0: What? Yes. Wow, I missed that. Okay. Well, <laughs> Maureen, as I've said to you before, we have been uh, doing a podcast in one form or another for almost eight years seven seven years eight years our I mean to be fair we were actually peaking at 10 listeners a week at that point <laughs> and two of them were me uh but our that's not how it works that's not how it works. <laughs> but our listeners uh you know we've we've it's never yeah what can I say it's not The fact that one person in the seven years that we've been doing this has contacted us to ask us to upload them is quite damning, if anything. I know you've taken it (laughs) as a positive thing, but um, I'm going to say that's not. (laughs) It's different between you and me. I see that
1: as a positive, you see it as a negative.
0: Well, that it's taken this long for anyone to notice that we haven't put up a podcast is quite something. I'll take it, anyway, and, I, and, 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 I will, and I am flattered, and I, and I will take it. But equally, I am going to flip it the other side and go, is that, is that really positive?
1: I'm going to look to see for their name. Oh, no, I can't because I've, I've moved out the thing, so I can't do that. Never mind. But,
0: but Maureen, just before we pressed record, um, Maureen um, was reminiscing. Before we go into Outlander, let's just quickly chat about this. So Maureen was reminiscing about... Um, Previous episodes that we've done, so uh, which, and we, we we sort of figured that we figured out that we've been doing this podcast for a lot longer than a lot of people have been doing podcasts. It's very trendy and popular to do podcasts now. Uh, and uh, in, in in an attempt to um, pique people's curiosity and maybe say signpost them to our podcast, we are on Maureen's behest doing a best of uh, episode. It'll be very short. Short. It will be one and a half minutes long. And that will be coming out (laughs) We are going to do a best of We are definitely going to do a best of But it means I have very um, lazily asked Maureen To do pretty much all of the uh, research And it's testament, Maureen That the thing that makes you laugh the most Is our podcast I mean (laughs) You know what, I don't listen to other
1: podcasts When I listen to other podcasts, I'm bored (laughs) I find out it's really funny, it's just because I just like the fact I don't know why. Because it's usually you telling me off, I don't know why I find that amusing.
0: I, <laughs> I don't know either. Um, I mean, even I don't listen to our podcast, Maureen, but I maybe I should. I'll go back and have a listen, <laughs> go back and have a listen and see, see, you know, if the... also Maureen, just before we begin, um, looking at you know, series, what are we on, episode 11, yeah, series five have we got better at podcasting do you think over the years now that you've listened to ones from five or six years ago and now you listen and now you've obviously you listen to them every week are we better at it is this have we have we got good at something uh, um i'd say it goes up and down <laughs>
1: <laughs> and i'm the optimistic one out of the two of us <laughs> Because there have been some weeks when we haven't known what to say. Oh my god, I don't even. know. we're just say. like twenty. We're good at blagging, but even us at some <laughs> couple of times. Like, <sighs> you know what it? What it's like is when we we get really organised, which doesn't last very long, to be fair. And we do like two or three in a week. And by the time, we've got done the third one. We're like, we've got well, nothing to say. Yeah, because our lives aren't that exciting, to
0: be honest. <laughs> well, I think. I think. I think I don't know what to say to that, but other than that, I think that is fairly evident by how popular this podcast is that nothing we say is of any interest. Uh you can't see this or indeed hear it, but Maureen was laughing there. Um, <laughs> Zoom seems to like mute you if you go too loud, Maureen. Did you know about this? Look, is that popular demand? I don't know. No, it's a sound level thing. Oh, I'm laughing too yeah, loudly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so what's so so what it, does further, it? Away? Huh? Can I sit so, further away? I don't know if that will help. Your your laugh is so loud. Um but sit in the see, other room. We didn't hear that either. There we go. If I sit in the other room, maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sit in the other room, Maureen. <laughs> That's the best thing to do. <laughs> right, well let's let's get cracking because we've been wittering on for long enough. We are we are looking at episode 11 which is called Maureen. Journey cake. you heard of the word. Have you ever heard of the word? Journey cake? No.
1: Is that a thing? I don't know what that is. What, and presumably it's a cake that you took on journeys, I'm guessing.
0: Well, I'm glad that you unpicked that complicated riddle. <laughs> you can tell I'm a linguist, can't you? Thank, thank you for your input. <laughs> <laughs> OK, come on, let's get on with it.
1: Right, so um, it starts off, uh, not a good start, so, uh, it's an outlander, that's, that's not, uh, quite surprising. Um, and they come across a burnt shack, don't they? Burnt shack. Uh, people oh, dead, yeah.
0: God. Sorry. I could, I don't know how I forgot, forgot this. About this. This is quite awful. Talk about it, Maureen. <laughs> well, they come across a shack
1: and uh, they found bodies in the shack. They realise that people were a, murdered. It's Well, it looks like
0: a shack because it's burned, but it's a house, isn't it? It's a small yeah, house. It's, it's a small holding. Yeah. And, uh,
1: and um, people in the people inside mur- it. Yeah, the people have been murdered inside it. And then they find a body of a
0: very badly world?
1: burnt woman who's still alive, just
0: Whoa, it was awful. And actually, Among the a Ashes.
1: A that was and a um, Roger, uh, this is how di- different Roger has changed because he, you know, Jamie offers to kill her because obviously she's in a lot of agony that she's not going to survive. And Roger actually does the mercy killing, but unlike Jamie, doesn't shoot her brains out. He just suffocates her to death.
0: Well, you put that very well, Maureen. Um, he puts, yeah, he puts a um, handkerchief over her nose and mouth and smothers her. But it doesn't take long because she can't; she's barely alive. So it, yeah. it, it's, it's a brief thing, and she is suffering. And then uh, Jamie reads her her rights. Okay, so so we've seen that these people have been attacked. The assumption is that it's the Mohawks that have done it.
1: Yeah, Ian Ian doesn't believe it's the Indians. But we know that there's trouble ahead. We know that there's somebody going around burning burning cabins and, and killing people. So it's so a kind of law and order has kind of gone to sh- gone to pot at the moment.
0: Yeah, so that's 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 the backstory of the whole episode, isn't it, Maureen? So that, that's yep. that's the thing that's um threading it through. But meanwhile, Maureen, what's going on?
1: Uh, when they're back at the ridge, they discover that
0: Jemmy can travel through time. And how do they discover that, Jen? Well, they're back at Fraser's Ridge. Oh, fun times! And uh, Ian is playing with Jemmy, and he just happens to be holding a stone. I don't, what is the stone again? Is it's it, the opal. Is? It's, uh, it's it's Claire's opal, and it, that was given to her by an um, um, American. Tooth. What? His name was Ottertooth. Yeah, Ottertooth, who was dead. You know, you know when a dead Native American gives you stone. It's that. Yeah. So uh, you know, a ghost gives you a stone, and you're like, oh yeah, hang on to that. Anyway. A Ian and Jemmy are play Ian is playing with little baby Jemmy he's not a baby anymore but whatever and Jemmy's holding the stone and he's like ow ow it's hot it's a hot stone and Ian picks up the stone and it's stone cold to him he's like what are you talking about this stone isn't hot and the stone gets so hot in Jemmy's hands that it cracks in two anyway um uh, what's her name? Claire comes over. Brianna come over, come over. Jamie's. they have all come over to see the mystery of the hot stone. And TV in those days, for goodness sake. No, I mean I listen. I'm into hot stones. You know, feel this, Jen. Oh, that can, you know, that takes up a couple of minutes, doesn't it, in a long day. So they they um. I can't. Do you know what? I can't even remember why. But on on the basis of the stone being hot, they figure out that Jemmy can pass through the stone because they
1: hear the buzzing as well. But Jemmy and Ian doesn't hear it. But they all the others hear it all the time. Jemmy and
0: Ian don't hear the buzzing, but Claire, um, Roger, and and so they know that they that Jemmy. This is a sign that Jemmy can now pass through the stones. The end. Right. Blah. Maureen, and then Ian says, "What's going on?" He's very yes. surprised. But also... He has
1: Otter Tooth's journal, which is written in Latin, which is very unusual. I mean, that's a quite a classical education. I mean, if it was Jacob Rees-Mogg, you could understand. But you wonder why a Native American was writing a journal in Latin. It's an also, choice.
0: when well, we find out that also he was a time traveller because this journal that he's written is written in ballpoint pen, which we know didn't exist then. And so that's when... Claire, with her Sherlock Holmes in, 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 intuitive, intuitive, ingen, ingen, intuition. Acumen. Oh, God, shoot me in the face. Um, it says, well, this guy must be a time traveller too. And Ian's like, what are you talking about? And that's when Jamie, Ian needs to... Jamie's in a like, Scottish Ian, accent. Ian needs to know. Ian, yes, <laughs> to know. a yes, no, time um, I can't do a Scottish accent. Anyway, so anyway they, ten, they tell you, it, you, don't
1: they? Who's they? very quite relaxed about it, just like Murta, kind of like, oh, okay.
0: Well, he's like, I always knew you were a fairy. Oh, uh-huh. OK. I think, you know, actually, in a way, because they kind of believe in sort of, there's a lot of magical thinking that goes on at that, in that century, isn't there? Yeah. And, um, you know, like, lots of good luck and bad luck. And if you do this, this will happen. So it's not that far removed that you can t- travel through time. Like if I you go like do- to the 21st century, we'd be like, dude, come on, you've taken way too many pills. <laughs> Take your drugs. <laughs> That's, this guy's not well. Um, so... He does take it very well. There doesn't seem to be a huge amount of, you're nuts. How is that even possible? Let's look at the practicalities of it. Scientifically, it's impossible what you're here, but you also occur later. So when you occur later, how are you born if you're here? Who, how do you get born? Why do You keep changing history. So things are going to change in the future. If that means that nobody says anything like that, he just goes, oh, well, then I always knew you were a fairy," And the, and <laughs> the um, story continues.
1: And anyway, um, anyway, the day gets worse because the browns appear, don't they? The browns appear. And they've set up a committee of safety, which looks like more like a group of thugs, a protection racket, and they want Jamie to join. And so Jamie says he'll think about it, which, as I personally know from experience, that is man speak for no.
0: Yes. And just to remind people of who the Browns are, they are the people uh, that um, one of them crushed um, uh, Claire's. uh, Hypodemic. Hypodemic. Needle needle and also they were that the, the chap whose daughter was in love um got up the duff and basically left and eloped and they probably shot morton in the back who yes. got the daughter up anyway so it's those they're little, not nice basically not nice. and anyway they come claire notices that the chap who smashed her hypodermic needle and also um shot the guy in the back and also uh uh try to kill uh anyway this chap the not very nice chap he's got some sort of infected leg they're like mm, how did that happen anyway they invite him in and claire cleans his leg uh i'm not really sure what that adds to st- how to that push push the story forward maureen can you explain that i think me? because later on he brings he brings his wife
1: to tr- to, tr- to be treated by her but then yeah. he knows that she's a doctor i don't know it filled in time. I, I didn't what,
0: understand why the he, the wife thing was necessary. I think it was just to confirm that he was not a very nice man.
1: No, I think the wife thing is necessary because for some reason when he spots the, uh, Claire's uh, doctor's bag, which has Doctor Rawlings on it, for some reason it's a big deal, which we'll find out later. I don't know why, because you know, remember, Doctor Do- Rawlings has printed this advice about how women shouldn't have sex in order to get in mid mid course so they don't get pregnant so his wife hasn't been having sex with him well that's the problem but he know now I think then he suspects later on in the in the program that um Claire is Dr Rawlings which seemed to be a bad bit of bad news for Claire
0: right okay so yes so then she's so really telling women how not to get pregnant which
1: yeah I don't think he appreciates
0: well I don't think men uh, likes it when women had any form of agency but anyway at that point, Claire cleans his leg. He buggers off. Jamie basically tells these guys, I'm not going to help you. They're like, well, you kind of owe us because we um, stepped up when you needed men to fight um, the, um, what were they called? The Avengers? Regulators. The regulators. That's it. Uh, but Jamie's like, yeah, sure, I get it. But that was war. And this is something completely different. But I did say, I'd think about it. Ciao. Ciao. And then we find out that Ulysses,
1: who obviously killed Forbes the last time, Ulysses is, is what we, th- who we think is a slave, is in hiding because obviously he'd, get, he'd be killed if he was found. And Jamie and Claire are looking after him in his little hut. Yes. And then he admits he was- that he wasn't a slave. He, he was freed years ago, but he just stayed with Jocasta because presumably he loves her.
0: Well, he's obviously in love with Jocasta. Yeah. That, it's kind that of- was quite clear that he stayed... He's sort of like, because I wanted to, because, you know, she's a hot piece of Scottish ass. Yeah? And I don't me. know if you noticed, like, the book, you know, like Jamie gives
1: Ulysses a book. It's called <laughs> Pamela or virtue, virtue Rewarded. So hopefully Virtue Rewarded, Ulysses will be rewarded. But it's a, I thought it was an odd choice of book, because Pamela, although very, uh, it's like one of the first novels, though very popular in the 18th century, was about a woman who the guy tries to rape her, and then she ends up marrying him, and they live happily ever after, which is a weird choice. Of novel I thought with somebody like Jamie
0: yes but um, possibly also the people that were doing the research the researchers for the TV show maybe hadn't read it more and I'm going to put that there (laughs) Uh, I'm just going to put that there (laughs) less to do with Jamie's character and more to do bad (laughs) research some bad production there (laughs) so (laughs) hey ho (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he and also we find out that um what's his name is back? Um uh, Lady Jane Grey. Oh Lord John Grey. I love Lord a little, little bit Grey's, of Lord John Grey. So, so Lady Jane Grey's back and we know that um Lady Jane Grey is going to take Ulysses away onto a British Yeah, Jamie's
1: place. Jamie's sort of an escape plan. They're gonna pretend that Ulysses is Lord John Grey's servant. So as soon as he steps on British, yeah, on a British ship, he's a free man. Slavery, is, yeah, because slavery is slavery illegal. I think it's 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 illegal in Britain, but I think it's fine in the British colonies. I think that was the situation. So I think once he's
0: in, he's actually oh, he's, he's, in, yes, that's right. So it wasn't; it was still legal. You could still own slaves if you were British, but as long as they weren't on British soil, I think that was the case. Yeah, really. but anyway, then I think you are right. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So it, it just means that Ulysses. We feel we feel confident that he's going to get away, don't we? Yes, good, good,
1: good for Ulysses. Uh, we've also got to mention that uh, Brianna and Roger have a little discussion. And now that Jemmy can go through the stones, Roger is all for going back. Which you don't can't blame Roger. I mean, he was on a, he was a sailor under a psycho, psychopathic pirate. He got beaten almost to death by his father-in-law, sold into slavery, almost hung to death. I mean, you can imagine why he
0: wants to go back to I the modern I can see, times. you know, I went on a bad holiday. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, when you do one of those all-inclusives? Oh, yes. I was, I'm never going back to one of those. So I can totally relate to Roger wanting to get out of there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually amazed that Brianna would even consider staying, especially every time they're like, "But you know, I'm going to miss it here. Something horrific happens, doesn't it? But you're like, get me out of this place as hell.
1: <laughs> it's like living on Brookside. I um, I mean, but she does seem more conflicted. Uh, then, of course, Lord John Grey brings a little uh, portrait of Willie, um, James Jamie's son, and the fact that we keep he keeps Willie gets mentioned quite a bit. So I'm guessing he turns up a
0: lot in in season six. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, this guy has <laughs> a lot of shoehorning his picture into this. <laughs> He's
1: going to make an appearance in season six. But anyway, so Willie, he's James' illegitimate son. Who? um and, Oh, God, it's so obvious that John Gray still has the hots for Jamie, though, isn't he? Oh,
0: I mean, he keeps on going on, what will you miss? Well, You, I mean, Jamie! I uh, missed a lot of things, Jamie, as he was looking at Jamie's groin. But I love that Jamie kind of knows that Lady Jane Gray's still got the hots for him, but he sort of goes, well, uh, it's almost like, well, obviously me, but anything else? <laughs> Oh dear! True, <laughs> isn't it? I do love Lady Lord John Grey, and apparently there's rumours that he might be might get his own series. I we literally every time Lady Jane Grey comes on, you tell us that, and right, I, right. every time you tell me that, I'm like, I'm I don't, yeah, I don't. see. We'll hope. We'll hope. Anyway, and then of course uh, the highlight of
1: the show, which Jen was really looking forward to, there's a sex scene which apparently is very famous in the books.
0: I fast forwarded uh,
1: it. I didn't but it was unbelievable Um, basically Jamie goes down on Claire while she's sitting on a windowsill on the upper floor of the of the house and I think that's quite a dangerous thing to do I've never tried it personally
0: but you need a lot of balance wouldn't you I think you need a lot of core strength Maureen (laughs) I want you to imagine I want you to imagine that you're seated on a windowsill knowing that there's a I don't know a drop you could drop yeah um, which more nearly fell off a chair there. Um, so she's seated; she can't lean back. He is going down on her. His head is very much in between her the legs. Groin area. She's having to hold herself in position. I mean, that requires a lot of core strength there. And when I was watching that, all I could think of was, of course, you'd be enjoying the downstairs business. That's very yummy. All of that. I can't believe I said yummy. That will never be said again in that context. Please forgive me. Um, But I would just be like, Jesus Christ, I don't think my abs can take much more of this. I I literally would have been like, okay, can you just get off me and let's do this where I can lean back. You want to lean back into it, don't you? You don't want to have to be like, oh, God, my abs, my abs. I mean, you know, if she, uh, Rogue one room.
1: She could take both of them with her. I, uh, I don't know. I just thought that was hilarious. I but mean, it's, a, yeah. quite, it's apparently quite a famous scene in the book, but r- honestly, when you look at it, you're like, that's not a good idea.
0: No, but I mean, you know, what what you know? I don't think realism. I mean, I think if we're going to go into the what, or realism versus naturalism in this show, I don't think that should be the thing that we really stick to. And then the next
1: little scene uh, is uh, Jamie un- unknowingly looking at his own sperm through a, mi- through a microscope lens, isn't it? Yeah, but
0: that was never explained either. So she's looking at his sperm through the, through the, and then there's a bit of exposition about where did the sperm come from? Well, we you used your sperm yesterday. How did you get hold of it? Well, these little babies can last up to a week without being, and you're like, all right, exposition <laughs> hell. Get at and then I thought, well, there's there's a reason why there's never a reason in Outlander where they talk about something that Claire's doing without it coming up. So it hasn't come up in this episode. Oh, so Obviously, will come up where the only way to save Claire is to like scrape jizz off Jamie's trousers or something. I don't know. Whatever. So about anyway, the script writing team now. Well, I think I feel like you know I, I've kind of got the measure of them, so I feel like I know what's happening. Um. Anyway, that's, that's never, she does that, no reference to it again. <laughs> okay, fine, Maureen, carry on. And then uh, Jamie
1: admits to Brianna about her um, half brother, which she, she seems, to, again, she takes the news really well. I'd be a bit taken aback of my dad about, oh, by the way, I've got a son, which I never told you about.
0: And I then think he kind even of explains. Ed, she's traveled through time, Maureen. I think the fact that she's got a brother is like the least of her like, surprise, surprise. You know? Possibly. Okay. Well, you've gone And then, then um,
1: obviously, time they're, time. they're going... I think time goes very quickly, because the next minute, Brianna and Roger are already leaving, aren't they? And they're saying goodbye to everybody. And, uh, it's quite
0: moving when to... they say goodbye to everyone, isn't it? Yeah,
1: because and Lizzie's... Lizzie... And... and Lizzie doesn't really understand why she's not going with them. And, um, you know, and Claire obviously... Claire obviously realises it's better for the children to go, for Brianna to go, but she's obviously... Uh, you know going to be upset and for Jamie it's I think for Jamie it's the worst because the one thing about Jamie is he wants his family around him he's never had his family around him in you know this is the first time in about 25 years he's got a family and they're going to basically piss off it's quite a touching scene you know he's on the on the horse and he's playing with his grandson Mm. one of the last times I thought it was quite a little nice little scene
0: yeah it's sad, no? but then if you are going to fall in love with someone who travels through time, these things will happen, you know.
1: And then, uh, just as it's all getting all very nice, and Lionel Brown arrives back with his wife, who's clearly he clearly beats up and he's broken her wrist, and she needs to get her wrist fixed. And that's when we, he discovers about Claire being Doctor Rawlings. And he's a very controlling guy because he doesn't let his wife speak, does he? Because every time Claire asks her a question, he he kind of answers for her.
0: Yeah, I mean he's is <laughs> that typical um insecure uh man with a very 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 uh small dick that uh, his only way of being able to have any control or any power is to um uh, inflict that on his wife uh, because he obviously feels like he doesn't have any in the outside in the real world which he doesn't um so, yes, he again, we are shown the measure of this man and he he falls short. He's pretty horrible. We also see that it's quite common for women to accept that kind of behaviour as being normal. I don't think that at any point when Claire quizzes her about the way her husband's treating her and the fact that she doesn't have to put up with it. She's like, well, you're talking about he's my husband.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it's not. Well, well, women were taught that, weren't they?
0: Yeah, exactly. So she almost looking at Claire, like, what are you going on about? Of course I put up with this. Could, He's could, the guy and I'm the woman. So this is just how it you is. Know the, you know the phrase, uh, beat within an inch of
1: your life? That was because men were allowed to beat women at one point, as long as the stick was no more than an inch. Why? Oh, God. So, yeah, so that was, you know, you were you, well you were considered property, weren't you? You were his property, so.
0: Yeah. yes. That's so, how women were brought up. So that, um, so he leaves, he takes his um, wife with him uh, and before Claire can properly. Well, you know, she, she fixes, she kind of splints the
1: wound, but um, the, the fracture, but then she doesn't, he doesn't wait around for the tonic. Because I think he
0: suspects that she's been talking to Claire and. Well, if she only tries to get that tonic so she can have a bit longer talking to her yeah, about yeah, yeah. the fact how he she don't... can avoid getting pregnant, I think. Well,
1: just to find out what's going on. And then in a nice, much nicer scene, we have um, Roger talking to Ian and giving him his land and asking Ian, uh, Ian does actually want the land, but then asking Ian if he would drive Brianna and Roger to the circle because uh, he thinks if, uh, if Claire and Jamie are there, it would be very difficult for Brianna to actually go through the stones, which I think is,
0: is yeah, fair play. Yeah, the drive feels misleading. They're not going to be in like, the back of a Range Rover or anything. It's, <laughs> um, they're walking. So. so. <laughs> Exactly. And then there's also a
1: really nice scene between Brianna and uh, um Lady Jane Grey. Yeah. Really, I think it's a really sweet scene. They're obviously really fond of each other, aren't they? And um They're like siblings almost or something. Yeah. Aren't they? Yeah, it's a really touching, really touching relationship. I do like that relationship. I feel and like if he had got married, it would have been okay. Yeah, because she would have let him do his thing. And he would have let her do her thing. Yeah. yeah. Whatever that is. And then, of course, there's the peanut jelly sandwich, which apparently is quite a
0: very a scene, which is a very apparently quite a famous scene from the book. What was your take on that? Peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah, I've, I've got a feeling that you just think there's just a peanut in, a, in between two pieces of bread. <laughs> well, there's just it seems to be one peanut between us. <laughs> if anything, I'm not impressed by this meal at all. <laughs> um, I mean, to be honest, it does sound horrible. I know it's a very American. Um, it's fine. Thing. Have you ever had peanut butter and jam? No, of course I haven't. Sounds revolting. God, Maureen, I've seen some of the stuff you eat. I don't think it's the most important <laughs> thing that you've ever consumed. Jesus, you, you'll eat a frayed bentos pie, but you won't have <laughs> peanut butter and jelly. Jesus. I'd be invested curries in
1: my I, I mean, I will eat things
0: that have been sprayed off a carcass of an animal. <laughs> I certainly wouldn't eat peanut butter, <laughs> for heaven's sake. <laughs> Not a... I'm a civilized human. Okay, fine. It is literally peanut butter with jam. It's it's a there's a sort of sweet savoury of the peanut butter with the sweet of the jam. It works. It's a, it's it's a sandwich that works. Is it something that I I've spent any time thinking on? No. Did I wonder how Claire made the peanut butter? Sure. Yeah, I did. I wonder. Remember, she bought a lot of nuts that was mentioned at the right beginning, of the very. I have a lot of nuts. of nuts. I've got absolutely no idea how to make peanut butter. It can't just be that you crush them, can it? You've got to do something with it. I mean, well, you're asking me, like, with my cookery repertoire, <sighs> repertoire. <laughs> i are mean, not <that's> stretching it. <laughs> All in a bag, rice, like chicken. Yeah. <laughs> boil, it. boil a chicken. Boil some rice. Boil some mince, Boil some vegetables. Boil some <laughs> pasta. I mean, if you want it boiled? Maureen can boil it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fine. Yeah, I, I didn't think much about it. Why, what did you think about it? Well, I don't know, you know, because you've got the bit, apparently that
1: was some humans I did, I think, that he had, he ate the peanut butter sandwich with a fork and knife. That was...
0: Sure. Yeah, I did note that. I did think, does he eat all sandwiches with a knife and fork? I don't think sandwiches were invented then. When were sandwiches invented? They I don't were invented know. 19- I mean, I, but you'd think they'd have gone, we've got bread, let's put something between it. I mean, I can't believe that nobody thought of that. Oh look! I remember the time when you think that tro- like suitcases with wheels. Now it seems
1: obvious. They weren't around until about the eighties. What were people doing with bread if they didn't weren't making sandwiches? <laughs> what was the point of bread? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying you to figure out. eat it with a meal? Okay. But they do that in Italy and Spain, don't yeah,
0: you know, they? Do right, they do. You're right. They do. They eat bread with a meal. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 You're right. <laughs> but you know, you might have a little bit of ham and go. I know what I'll do. I'll put the ham on top of the bread. You know,
1: this reminds me. I was once in an Indian restaurant with Felix Dexter, the great comedian. He's sadly dead now. And we had, we had, um, had a, ordered a keema naan, and he went mince and bread. He goes, that's a bit weird. And I went, no, he went uh, meat and bread. He goes, that's a bit weird. I went, what, like a burger?
0: Yeah. <laughs> and he went, oh yeah, fair point. <laughs> yeah, I think meat and bread go fine together. So So anyway, that was like uh, a little extra thing about um, the the peanut butter and jelly sandwich was about the fact that that was the last meal, the last sandwich that, or the last meal that Brianna made for her mum when she went to go back in time.
1: And also there's a time travel aspect, isn't it? It's because it's obviously from the future, the food.
0: Yeah. Yes. So anyway... Let's skip along, Maureen, because Brianna so and Roger are
1: now tra- travelling to the Stones. Uh, Claire and Jamie are in the cabin, getting all uh, kind of misty-eyed over the fact that their child and the grandchild have disappeared, well, have gone. And then the next thing we're at the Stones, uh, with Rod, uh, so the three go through the Stones, and then they come through, oh, through the other side, and they look a bit taken aback. So well, I suspect they that...
0: haven't arrived in the right era. No, Rogers is something like, what the... What? What? So we know that they haven't arrived in 1960s. You know what? It could be really bad news. They could have arrived arrived at a Trump rally. Can you imagine? That would be a dark time. Um, (laughs) You'd be be clamouring for the 18th century. It would be weird for Trump to be having a rally in the middle of a forest in the Scottish Highlands. But, yeah, possible. No, but they're not in the Scottish Highlands. They're in America. Are they there, Maureen? Yes. They're in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. You know it. There's nothing they can do to disguise the fact that that is filmed in Scotland. Fine. They're supposed to be in Carolina. One of the Carolinas. But actually, when they come to, they come, they look like they're in exactly the same place they just left. Don't they? Yeah. But we don't know what's going on. So but we that's, don't know what special. it is. And that was the best part of that. That. Felt like more like classic Outlander, where they leave you and you're like, "Oh my god, what the hell's happening? What's going to happen next?" Because that is more like even in, with even in past series where I was like, "Oh god, I'm, this is so nuts and doesn't you know it's so far fetched and blah blah blah." At least every other episode be, there'd be a cliffhanger, wouldn't there? Where you'd wonder mm. what was happening. This is the first cliffhanger in the entire series, and we're on episode eleven, Maury. <laughs> And it's not the cliffhanger, it's not even the end of the episode. Uh oh no, it's not, but it is a sort of cliffhanger, <laughs> it's the end of the episode for them. Yeah, but meanwhile, back at the
1: ridge, uh the still looks like it's been exploding. So all the men rush off to the to sort out the still. Two cliffhangers Maureen. Two cliffhangers for the price of one. And then while the men are at the
0: still, what happens, Jen? Oh, so <laughs> uh what yes, yeah, so so um a load, of, a gang of men that we know are part basically of the Lionel, Lionel Brown and his Lionel men. Lionel Browns, so Lionel Blair's, rock up. Um, uh, Claire is healing the arm of a man who's dislocated his arm and, and teaching Marcelli how to fix it. They come in. I remember that's the first. That's the first thing she cured Jamie of. She just. That's how they met when she sorted out his dislocated arm. Great, great. Yes, good I don't parallel know there. Well. I'm not sure what that said. They come in, stab this guy, um, knock out Marcelie, really knock her out. I mean, they plant one on her. She's out cold. Put a hood over Claire's head and pick her up, drag and drag her out, kicking and screaming. Uh, the little boy, Marcelie's little boy. Gemma. Uh, Gemma, not Jimmy, uh, is, uh, escapes. Um, and tells his dad that some bad men came. Jamie runs off with a torch, screaming for Claire's name, runs to the top of Fraser's Ridge, where there is the Celtic, Celtic, whatever you want to say, cross. Fiery cross. And what does he do to the cross? Oh, you've already said it. Right, okay. (laughs) He sets the cross on fire, which is a
1: sign that everybody around the ridge, that it's war, basically. Everyone around the ridge should come and, and help him. And so for Jamie, this is war. They've taken Claire. Battle lines are drawn. He is... Furious, so he's gonna. I suspect the Browns don't have long to live. That would be my. Um, oh no,
0: they've made a terrible error. I don't do know. Think, I can't predict the future, Maureen, but I can predict the future for the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you kind
1: of think do they not know what Jamie's like? They must know Jamie's reputation. They must know that Jamie's
0: not going to go. All right, then. I don't think they do though. I I don't think they do know his reputation because his reputation is is not in that part of the world. I suppose brush. he's hidden it as a as a as a gentleman farmer, but um, I mean, wrong man to choose uh, to uh, piss off because Jamie will hunt them down and kill him. He will hump them down, and you don't want to be humped to death by Jamie. God only knows, Maureen. yeah. Know. well, Maureen's like, actually, I think I recovered okay that. Um, <laughs> I can think of worse ways to go. <laughs> I was going to say, Maureen's like, if I was going to go, I'd like to go that way. <laughs> How did you I'm die missing, when yeah. I was humped to death by Jamie? <laughs> A very long death. Yeah. <laughs> How long did it take? <laughs> months. Well, years. Actually, Three years. <laughs> it's a long, painful death. It's a long, long months. summer. Yeah.
1: yeah. You're in lockdown. Anyway, what did you think of this? In this episode was written by Diana Gabaldon, who's obviously the author of um, Outlander.
0: Yes. Yeah, so I felt like that kind of. I don't know. Was that evident? I suppose it felt a little bit more. Uh, cohesive this episode, and um, and again, like I said, it's the first time we've had any kind of like sort of suspense at the end of an episode where two quite huge things happen. Well, oh, no, we had this, the episode where Roger was hanging from a tree. That was quite. That didn't. I know, but I, at no point did I think, "Oh, Roger's going to die." Okay. Whereas this, I don't think it's not, it's not that I think Claire's going to die, but you're like, "What? Where are Brianna and Roger? Will they have to come back?" are they stuck somewhere where they can't get back? And where, we all know what's gonna happen with Claire. She's gonna get saved. Just at the point where we think Claire's gonna die, then Jamie will will appear like Mr. Ben and save her. He always just kind of appears through a window, doesn't he, or something. So not not, not, I can't say I'm like, oh my God, is Claire's life in danger? Because I've got, I just got the vibe that she'll be fine. so that's that, Maureen. We're nearing the end of the series, and what a series it's been! It's weird because this is this is this all this is taken from the next book,
1: so they've kind of I don't know what's going on because like the first half was very slow, then like the the last few episodes have quite a lot of story to it. So, anyways, yeah. we'll see what happens next week.
0: Big yes, we will. Maureen, and I'm tromping at the bit um, to get this over and done with. Yes. Well, <laughs> although once this is done I don't know what the bloody hell we're going to do but we'll have to think of something um, so yes that was it Maureen this has been what it always is almost a waste of time um, but I can you laugh just, I mean the whole uh, this whole it's too much of me in these episodes now I don't like it <laughs> don't like it at all you have to start laughing like me, Jen. I can't, I can't, I can't create what you've got, Maureen. You've got something, you've got a joie de vivre that is, <laughs> that I lack. It's... Could you imagine we both love it like me? That would be just awful, wouldn't it? Or, or two of me. I mean, God, <laughs> it, that would be worse. <laughs> I, mean, I think I would love to have two women laughing. It's just two women moaning. You'd be like, I'm out. This woman, this woman is insufferable, and so is the other one. Uh, and then on that point, <laughs> on that point, we sh- we shall say au revoir, Goodbye. au revoir, ciao, ciao. As- Chi, as- that's what they say in Gaelic. Chili. ni hao no, that's hello. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, bye. bye.